This is Up For Debate Presents The X Stands For Nothing, the unbelievably true story of the XFL. Tonight, episode number 130, recorded November 28th, 2018. Chapter 4, Delay of Game. What's coming up tonight on NBC? You don't want to miss a minute of tonight's all-new episode of Saturday Night Live. Just open to one of your favorites, the one and only Jennifer Lopez. We understand there's some technical snafus in Los Angeles. We'll bring you back to that contest as soon as we can, but I'll tell you what we've got a dandy here. King, I understand there's a complete power failure at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. You know, that's a pretty old building. Well, you know, I didn't believe that guy would really do it. I asked the guy just to unplug the electricity. He really did it. We're on the air nationwide. We'll bring you back to Los Angeles as soon as they figure out uh, the King's buddy and put him in jail and turn the lights on in that joint. What's up with coming up tonight? 20 yard line. Right here on NBC, Jennifer Lopez is patiently waiting on us to finish this overtime back in New York, and she'll be hosting Saturday Night Live on an all-new episode tonight uh, in New York City. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this extra special episode of Up for Debate Presents. I am Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by, uh, uh, please welcome your host, Mm. Matt Mariani. That's my horrible Don Pardo impression. Oh yeah, was that your um? It's garbage. Yeah, we got to work on that. Just a bit. But speaking of garbage, I mean that'll that that's that's gonna play right into our hands here. The the talking about um, kind of where the XFL starts to become garbage or. When the garbage of the XFL starts to smell rotten? Yeah, this is going from, like, just regular garbage to, like, mm, you might want to take that garbage out garbage. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when it's you left it in your house a little bit too long, and you're like, oh, mm. you know, I should have taken that out yesterday. Gotta, gotta Febreze that. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, Matt, uh, very briefly, I'm sure if you're listening to part four of this series, you've probably listened to the first three parts, but if you haven't, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go back and listen to the first three. We explain everything about what is the XFL, how did it start, the men behind it, and last week we covered the entire kickoff game. It was a hoot, uh, and tonight, as I mentioned, we're going to cover game Two, in its entirety, uh, and that may sound boring, you're saying you just did a game last week, but this really was an exciting and interesting event for the XFL. Now, Matt, uh, I want to start by sort of mini-recapping the the conclusion to last week's game, because the folks at home who watched in February of 2001 watched the kickoff game uh, between Las Vegas and their opponents, New York, New Jersey, Hitmen, saw an extremely lackluster football game. A football game so lackluster, they cut to a different game in the fourth quarter, um, a game that was only mildly more interesting. Now, uh, we didn't talk too much last week about sort of the reaper. We talked about the TV ratings, which were strong, a 9.5 rating when they were expecting closer to a 4 or a 5, a really strong performance for the XFL in terms of TV viewership. But the critical reaction to the XFL, Matt, was terrible. I would like to read a few select quotes from the book we're using in terms of our kind of master reference document here, Long Bomb by Brett Forrester, a very nice book. Um, These are some direct quotes written about the XFL kickoff games from some well-regarded publications. You ready? I'm ready. The New York Post wrote, 
for however much the XFL, however much longer the XFL lasts, there's really only one scorecard worth keeping. It's the one that notes all the sellouts who lent their names, careers, reputations, and consciences to this predictably unmitigated garbage. The Chicago Sun-Times wrote, I have just one request for any 12 to 34-year-old male who thinks the XFL is the future of sport. Dude, may you rot in Vince McMahon hell. The New York Times wrote, Like a blight that has crept from the low-rent fringes of cable to network primetime, the XFL mingles violence, voyeurism, and even politics into one trashy Saturday night show that suggests how the lowest television culture is gaming mainstream respectability. And lastly, the Los Angeles Times now we know what the X and XFL stands for. Exceptionally exaggerated expectations. Extravagantly excruciating execution. Uh, and even uh, on ESPN's website, we are stuck with this fraud for a while, but it is a lot better than being in prison. So, Matt, <laughs> people weren't feeling super hot on the XFL following yeah. the game, at least critics. Yeah, not not the best, uh, not the best criticism. I mean, not the, you know, most desirable things you want to hear about your about your your XFL right there. Nope. And uh, what do you think? Was the, was this criticism well deserved, Sean? Did they deserve this? Um, I think if you're solely criticizing Game One, yeah, it's kind of fair. Um, I think I I do think it's unfair to judge the entire league on one game, though. So I think mm-hmm. if you come out and say, "Look, Game One was garbage, but we should give it another shot." I think that's a little more fair. I think if you're just coming out and saying Vince McMahon can never do football and this idea is bad, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, it's 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 easy, you know, it's easy to come out and say that you know this is trash and it's garbage and and it's it doesn't deserve to be on the air. But I think that I mean until we until we get into our show tonight up until this point in our NFL story, our XFL story, uh, things have been going pretty well. I mean, the first game, um, curiosity, thanks to curiosity, uh, the curiosity of many fans, the XFL enjoyed uh, unprecedented viewership for a sporting event. So, So there's that. So up until this point, people are feeling pretty good about the XFL. Uh, and then something happens that um, obviously mitigates all their all their their expectations, right? Uh, it's a league teetering on the edge, Matt. And really, game two may even be more important than game one at this point in terms of uh, either helping or hurting this league. The date: Saturday, February tenth, two thousand and one. The Los Angeles Coliseum is the site of this fantastic football game, your Los Angeles Extreme versus the Chicago Enforcers visiting from the Midwest. 35,813 people in attendance at the Coliseum, uh, and the place is rocking. We're treated to a second The Rock opening, which I thought was a hoot, except this time he's there in person. And what I loved is he tells the suits at the NFL that they can turn their suitcases on their side and shove them up their candy asses because the XFL is <laughs> coming for Los Angeles. Uh, it was very uncomfortable. Awesome. Yes. Now, uh, the game had a few interesting notes. I went through and I watched some some chunks of this game. First of all, we talked about this briefly last week. Matt Viscursion, who called the first game with Jesse Ventura, got demoted to the B game. Uh, and instead, we had to hear the Somehow even worse duo of Jesse Governor Jesse the Body Ventura and Jim Ross, 
who <laughs> has called wrestling for a long time not a bad announcer in general, but a horrific football commentator. Let me yeah, be now, crystal clear. Now we talked about this a little bit last week. The uh, the relationships between the the announce the sports announcers and what makes a good wrestling announcer versus what makes a good football announcer or, or just a good sports broadcaster. Very, very different things. Very different uh, skill areas. And and I think we can agree that one is a lot more about showmanship and and kind of playing a role. And the other one is about actual analysis and, and looking at things and breaking it down. And, and this plays out hilariously in exactly the, the, the form that you think it will take. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there are two human beings with less football expertise than these two guys. Mm. Uh, and it shows because their comments are spectacularly generic. Um, and it got even worse without poor Matt Viscursion. So um, we had to listen to them throughout the game. I also appreciate Matt. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of the footage of this game. But they had, uh, you know, Vince McMahon loves his gimmicks. Okay. And this game had a great gimmick at the outset. It's one of the first things they mentioned in the broadcast, which is backup quarterback for Los Angeles. His name is Scott Milanovic. His wife is pregnant two days overdue with the pregnancy and they hype it up by literally having a helicopter standing by to take Scott to the hospital. Should his <laughs> wife, and they do a whole segment. They literally have Stephanie McMahon, who's actually Vince McMahon's daughter with a microphone standing next to the chopper. I'm standing out here next to the chopper. That's waiting to take Scott Milanovich to the hospital. Should his wife go into labor? It was a pre-taped bit and it was very funny. Just how That's... lame it was. That's awesome. I, I, I my only wish is that it actually happened during the game, and he had to like like mid play. Yep. Like mid play, he, he got just the runs call. off because you know you know that Vince McMahon would have loved that. Oh, like, totally. It's not if, about like, the football. It's like he's about to snap the ball, like he's about to call for the ball to be snapped, and and then like where there's like two seconds left on the play clock or something, and he gets like a a call on his headset, or 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 the coach is in on it runs out onto the field, tells him, hey, you got to go. Your wife's in labor. The ch get, get to the choppers. The cameras follow him <laughs> the whole way to the hospital. They're, yes. they're checking in. All right, now we're going to take a look how Scott's doing at the hospital. Scott, has the baby been born yet? They just And they just totally forget about the game. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I, w I would. Yeah. Be but I think that, I mean, I really think that plays into the hands of this, uh, of this kind of um, WWE like storyline football that, that I think really was Vince McMahon's vision and that was just unrealized in the end. But that's kind of the beauty of, of football in terms of, which is you can't script football in the same way you can't script. If this were the WWE, the script would have said the baby was born during the match, but this is the yeah. real world. You can't fake that. And, and therein lies Vince McMahon's entire struggle yep. with this this whole project. Yep. The whole struggle revolves around wanting to script the unscriptable. You know, yep. trying to calculate an uncalculatable phenomenon. You know, live sports. And it's by just, using the wrong people to do it, because football players aren't actors, and Jim Ross and Jesse Ventura aren't commentators. So right. you, you can't take wrestling and apply it to people who aren't wrestlers. And but my thing is, if you if that's what you really wanted, why did you go and take, like, why wouldn't you get 
I don't want to say actors, but why wouldn't you get more like you did it for the broadcasters? You 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 started filling the booth with more like I'll I'll call them like KFAB friendly broadcasters. Sure. But why didn't you do that for the coaches or the players? Like it seemed like you got you got players and coaches that really wanted to play football. They were serious about their football. Look at as evidenced by um as evidenced right by by the hitman the hitman's coach. Um I'm forgetting Rusty his name. Tillman. Rusty Tillman. Yeah. As evidenced by, by coach Tillman, you know, I get that camera out of my face. I just want to play football. You know, you would have gotten some kind of KFAB. You would have gotten the Jesse Ventura equivalent. You would have gotten Jesse Ventura to coach one of the teams. Oh, like, totally. But the football no. would have been unwatch, even more unwatchable <laughs> than it was to begin with. That's the problem, right? Cause wrestling is a combination of sports and entertainment. And wrestling is perfect for that because it's usually just kind of one-on-one or a couple-on-one. You have a lot more control over the situation. People are okay that it's a little more staged or no plays or anything like that. There's not even really a point structure, right? It just stuff happens, wrestling, right? The problem is either you go more towards sport or more towards entertainment. He chose to go more towards sport. Wrong move. Because you can't, sport doesn't work with, you can't take a regular sport and jam it with entertainment. You can take entertainment and jam it with sport. It doesn't work the other way around. And I think that was a, a lesson, a lesson to be learned. Um, now, outside of that gimmick, uh, oh, also, this was the first game where we actually saw a shot. Because remember, we talked early on, Matt, that one of the gimmicks of the XFL was the announcers sit in the stands with the fans. It is so hilarious when they go to a shot of the announcers, which they never did in the first game, and to see them sitting there with the fans literally surrounding them, <laughs> fantastic. And they're freezing out in the cold. It was a little chilly in Los Angeles. They're wearing jackets. It was a, it was a hoot. But, yeah, that's not really what this game is best known for. No, it's not. No. There's a pivotal moment here in this game. Absolutely. Now, we got to do a little bit of a backstory here because mm. you got to understand the context to understand what happened. Saturday Night Live is a live comedy entertainment show that airs Saturday nights on NBC. Been doing so since the 70s, co-created by Dick Ebersol, who also helped co-found the XFL with his partner, Lorne Michaels. Okay, When developing the XFL, Dick Ebersol promised... Uh, Lorne Michaels, who, by the way, was a supporter of the XFL initially, he said, hey, anything that brings more ratings to Saturday night and more ratings to my show, I'm a fan of. But he, Lorne made Dick Ebersol promise that Saturday Night Live would go on at 11.30 as scheduled every Saturday, no matter what. And Dick Ebersol said, I will try my hardest to make sure the XFL is off the air. The problem with the live sporting event, Matt, it's live and anything can happen. Yeah, the the uh, expect the unexpected, right? Oh, absolutely. And the XFL is kind of a prime example. Why are you sharing your screen back to me? I don't know what's going on right now. I'm I'm trying to be I'm trying to be a uh, AV person, and I'm and I'm failing. You, you screwing in Skype. Uh, so <laughs> what does that mean? What is I'm sharing my screen with you well, right I now? I could see your screen back in so I could see me and you back in Skype, <laughs> which was weird. And unnecessary. I, uh-huh. I got, like, dizzy for a moment. Did I turn it off? Yes, you're the, doing okay, great. Uh, so, Matt. Awesome. Saturday Night Live comes hey, on. I could, you know what? Worst comes to worst, I could always work for the XFL, right? You you have about as much technical expertise as some of the people <laughs> doing that broadcast. 
in week one, XFL yeah. was off air plenty of time. And believe it or not, Matt, uh, the uh, SNL, I don't have these exact numbers written down, do I? Yes. Um, in the in the first week of the XFL, uh, Saturday Night Live did not have a new live episode. They did a rerun of a previous episode with The Rock as the guest star for that episode. It scored a uh, it scored a seven point four rating, which was actually above their average. So the XFL did bring viewers to Saturday Night Live in Week One. It was a success. It was off the air in time. Saturday Night Live was happy, but they were coming back the following week with a brand new live episode with one of the hottest stars. On the planet, Hanefer Lopez, <laughs> Jennifer that? Lopez. Oh, Jennifer Lopez. Okay. Who at this? Who was at the same time releasing her second album titled J Lo and the release of her new romantic comedy film The Wedding Planner. Okay, it was all J Lo all the time. Huge star, big ratings for the uh, Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. That's the context. Cut to. XFL, game two, Los Angeles. We're about maybe five, ten minutes into the broadcast. We're watching, because uh, the XFL cameras go everywhere, right? We're watching the coaches deliver their pregame speeches. They're very mediocre, but they're excited, and that's the important thing. They go, I'm going to go out there and gonna play with her. We're going to leave it all on the field, and we're going to... They're getting all excited. We cut back to the broadcasters. Uh, Jim Ross is explaining the the paid-to-play, paid-more-to-win structure of the exit. Quarterbacks earn 4500 per game, and the rest of the players earn 3500 but you can earn more if you win. Suddenly, Matt, the screen goes black. Screen yep. is black for maybe five seconds. A static slide comes up. It just says XFL on NBC, uh, Los Angeles Extreme, uh, Chicago Enforcers, a still image, okay? You're sitting, you're watching at home. What is going on here? That image stays on the screen for 120 seconds. Two full, uninterrupted minutes. No sound, just a static card. Yeah. What the hell, Matt? Uh, They just blew up the XFL. Yeah, I, I, it's this is it's certainly uh, it's extreme, right? It doesn't get more extreme. Doesn't get more extreme than this. It's just extreme boredom. Extreme nothing. Extreme change the channel action. And uh, I, I can only imagine what um, what people were thinking, right, when this was happening. Well, I was. Like, so I watched the original broadcast on YouTube, and you can find a copy with the interruption and everything, with the original commercials, which are also very funny from 2001. But I was watching on YouTube, and after about five seconds of it, I was like, I want to watch something else. Now, of course, I think we have a bit shorter attention span now than we did 18 years ago, but I couldn't believe it, mm. how long that went on. It was staggering, because in television time, two minutes is an eternity. That's four 30-second commercials. Yeah. Feels like forever that nothing was happening. Sure was a long time. It's uh, it's just, just just for a blank card just up there, and nobody has any idea what's happening, what's going on. No, the, and this was before social media, so it's not like we were hopping on Twitter to look and see why the wh- what happened to the game, why, why the game was off the air. People had no idea. They just knew nothing was happening. Hmm. So, 
I mean, the the not only not only was this bad for the moment, but this impacts the entire the entire night, right? The entire surely this this was going to impact the uh, like the whole network as well. Well, what's interesting is during the length of the blackout, we'll call it, and we'll explain why it wasn't a second. The game wasn't being played. Now there was power in the stadium. They technically could have kept playing. They opted to pause play while waiting to get the camera equipment and, and the broadcast back and running. Matt, do you want to tell the folks at home what was me, me sitting at home? I don't know what's going on. I just know there's no XFL action. Matt, what was going on in Los Angeles? Um, so it turns out, I mean, people are freaking out. People are scrambling and, and trying to figure out how to get the thing is back on the air. They're wondering if, you know, if somebody tripped a breaker, somebody, you know, forgot to plug something in some kind of crazy like what happened these did the did one of these really expensive radio towers go down or uh was there mutant ninja turtles chewing on the power lines why is there no feed and it turns out sean that the explanation comes that they forgot to refuel the generators that's right, Matt. The the trucks, so, uh, and this is true. This is actually pretty common. Uh, there was a great, and I, I was just looking for it in the Long Bomb. That's where they talk about it. But there was a famous instance um, at an Orange Bowl many, many, many years before uh, the XFL where a loose power connector actually fell out of the wall and caused the entire stadium to go dark. Um, we had that famous example of a Super Bowl a couple years ago where half the lights went out in, uh, in New Orleans, in the, uh, in the stadium. And ever since that, NBC's policy was to run their broadcast trucks. If you're not familiar with how sports are broadcast, they don't have a production suite on site. They actually roll these trucks game to game across the country full of monitors and switchboards and all the stuff you need to make a broadcast work. Those trucks run on generators, gas generators, because they're more reliable. They don't really break down. As long as there's gas in them, they run. There's, you don't have to worry about the power grid or anything. They just run. And as you mentioned, Matt, after checking every connection in the truck, they came to the conclusion someone had neglected to fill the generator with gas. Mm. And just like that, there's no power. And the worst thing is, there's no quick way to get gasoline. You can't just find it. So it's not like a thing where they just plug in a, a cord someone tripped on and it starts back up. you got to track down gasoline and get this generator back up and running. Right. Yeah, like this This is just going to, it's going to interrupt everything. Um, I came across the, uh, I actually came across a news article from the, that the, came out the day after the, um, this incident occurred, an article from the Daily News, uh, and it's announcing the, basically the aftermath of, of this power outage and, and what it's going to, uh, how things are going to play out. And, um, you know, as we did mention before, there was a crucial episode of SNL that was going to be airing that same night. Um, and uh, it, it's really funny how um, it's really funny how like this is such a conflagration of like a worst case scenario for the XFL. It's like, you know, the, it, it's one of those things like Murphy's Law, basically, mm -hmm. that 
Um, also, you, you had um, Survivor, CBS's Survivor that uh, the the the, um, the network was competing with uh, in the same time slot. So, um, matter of fact, uh, NBC Entertainment president Jeff Zucker came out after this incident occurred and said, there's almost nothing at this network that's more important than SNL. They've been having an unbelievable year, and they really came through for us with those two special editions on Thursday night. That was above and beyond the Call of Duty. Now, they're, they're referencing um, two special editions of SNL that were run um, opposite the um, – CBS Survivor ran an hour-long, uh, or I guess a two-hour-long special, and to, um, to to I guess to buffer that, SNL did the same at the same time. You know, to, to, just for, for to compete with the time slot. Now I don't know who won out in that battle. Um, now this is first season Survivor, so my my money is on them. But you know, the fact that SNL still, you know, came out and did that. It, as they've got a lot of weight. They've got a lot of credibility. Now, this this new upstart, XFL, that comes out here uh, this same season, you know, is now threatening it. And, uh, and uh, of, of course, all the, all the promises that were made, um, Vince McMahon to, uh, to Dick Ebersol, that we are going to start on time. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll conclude... On time, you'll still get to do SNL. Jennifer Lopez will still get to have her uh, um, her show, where, where she was actually both the guest host and the musical act of that of that episode. And of course, then Sean, I'll I'll let you um, I'll let you, I guess, uh, tell the folks at home what what happened. Well, man, she, you know, it's it's kind of amazing because. An XFL game should end with plenty of time. You know, it's not like it's scheduled because yeah. the thing is, after XFL 2, they have to do the local news and then Saturday Night Live, so it's really, the game has to be over by 11. There was plenty of, a normal XFL game is done well, be, the first week was done well before 11. There is buffer time. Now, Matt, it took them, so we should mention, the folks at home saw that static screen for two minutes, cut to the B game, the backup game. That's why they have a backup game. Why it took them two minutes to cut to it, I'll never know. San Francisco Demons at the Orlando Rage happening in Orlando. Matt Viscursion, he's back. He's on the call. Uh, and he welcomes all of the viewers to that game um, in lieu of the Los Angeles game, uh, saying there's a power outage. Hang with us here, Matt. It ends up being a 27-minute delay before they can go back to the action in Los Angeles. That is an eternity for the folks in LA. And at this point, they're checking their watch. Now, 37 minutes is recoverable. They kind of they kind of tighten the game a little bit. They kind of move quickly. They kind of trim some commercials. They can theoretically get off the air by 11 at this point. It's not mission critical. It's close. And maybe SNL gets delayed by five minutes. But it's okay. It's survivable. Their biggest fear at this point is people changing the channel and leaving and not even seeing the rest of the game. But they've got a football game to play. The game continues on. First quarter, we finally get the action rolling. Uh, mind you, the power outage went out before the game even started. So finally, we're getting the game started. Uh, Chicago puts up 12 points in the first quarter. Los Angeles, 6. Um, in the second quarter, uh, Chicago puts up 13. Los Angeles, 7. Um, at this point, it's 25-13. Chicago in the lead as we go into the half. Uh, the third quarter proceeds, no points in the third quarter, but Matt, more tragedy strikes. Octavius Bishop snaps his leg in half 
in a gruesome play on the field for Los Angeles. It's gross. The problem is, and why it takes the XFL so long, I don't know. They literally drove an ambulance out onto the field, probably for production value. Put this man on a stretcher, put him in an ambulance, and drove him off. Matt, this delayed the game for another 19 minutes. So at this point, we're almost at a 45-minute delay of the game. Now we're really panicking. Now we're feeling pretty confident SNL's not going to start on time. Dick Ebersol's on the phone yelling with Lorne Michaels in the control truck back and forth. You got to get this. I think at one point, Lorne Michaels is quoted saying, you got to get this goddamn game off the air. My show starts on time. He's literally yelling at him. Not much they can do. They're approaching 11 o'clock. Thankfully... The game's going to end maybe a little over, but it's going to end pretty close. However, in the remaining few minutes of the fourth quarter, actually with 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, future league MVP Tommy Maddox for Los Angeles throws a a 12-yard pass, or a 23-yard pass. No, wait. A one, it's a what? It's a one-yard run. Sorry, I can't. This website's horribly formatted. A one-yard run after a Tommy Maddox engineers a nine-play, forty-nine-yard drive in a minute down the field, scores a touchdown. Overtime in Los Angeles. What? <laughs> Excuse me. It's eleven o'clock. The local news is starting, and we're going to overtime. Yeah. So this is what I meant when I said it's it's like Murphy's Law right here. I mean, it, it's. No. And, and what's incredible is at this point, we're going in at a 25-25 tie. This has been an exciting game of football. Maddox coming in at the last minute, scoring two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to get him back in this game after a relatively high scoring. This is good football, including the future, spoiler alert, champions of the league. This is what the XFL wanted. They wanted exciting football, and they got it at the worst possible time. Hmm. Miss Lopez is not going to be happy. And at this point, the announcers start to really remind you, stay tuned after this and all new Saturday Night Live. Jennifer Lopez waiting in New York for this game to end. Boy, is she. And Lorne Michaels, not happy. Matt, we get into the first overtime. Chicago scores three plays, 20 yards, a 12-yard pass. They get the conversion. Another seven points. Puts them up 32-25. We get towards the uh, the way the overtime works. It's not a t- timed overtime. We talked about this on an earlier episode. It's kind of like college where each team gets a shot at the end zone. Chicago Mm. scores on theirs. Los Angeles, 20-yard pass from Tommy Maddox. They score and convert the extra point. Matt, your mind is even more blown. They're going into a second overtime on this game. A second overtime. Second overtime. It's well past 11 p.m. at this point. Yeah. (laughs) The second overtime... Forget about the SNL airing on time. At this point, it's like, will it even air tonight? Will it even will it even air today? Well, and that's the problem, right? Because there was an audience sitting in a studio in New York waiting for the show. Jennifer Lopez is in her dressing room, and the audience is getting restless. Meanwhile, they don't, they're stuck. They can't watch this exciting football game happening out in L.A. And so what does so, SNL do? They tape the episode. Yeah. I was going to say, now... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but is there a part where the uh, like is there was there an actual part where I guess it would be Lorne Michaels would walk out and and like did he tell the audience that the X the 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 show is being delayed because of the XFL or did I just write that in my mind and like the audience thought it was a joke so they started laughing. 
I've never read that or heard that anywhere. I could, couldn't you picture that happening? Oh, though? that would be awesome. Where like he walks out, he's like, so like we have to delay. We, we can't, we can't start taping yet. We're being delayed by the XFL. They would totally think it was like, it was part of the part of the bit of the yeah. show the bit yeah but yeah i mean i'm sure they knew what was going on and why it was delayed um but i don't would lauren have done that himself i don't know it does remind mm. me of a th- this is the most off-tangent thing ever but it does remind me of a great story this was uh jay leno very early in his tonight show run um controversial how he got the tonight show and he had a manager um who was the uh helen kushnick who was the executive producer of the tonight show who was a lunatic an absolute insane lunatic ended up firing her later on. But Helen got mad because the Republican convention was running late and the, and the former, I think Reagan as the former president was speaking at the convention and NBC news didn't want to cut away from Reagan. So the tonight show, which was supposed to be live after the convention kept Mm. getting delayed and delayed and delayed. And what Helen did is she gave a big F you to NBC and said, how dare you delay? You get Reagan off the air and put on my Jay Leno. And they said, he's the former president. We can't. Helen sent the audience home and NBC had no tonight show. She canceled it on NBC. (laughs) And instead they aired a rerun after promising everybody a brand new live tonight show after the convention. Wow. An absolute lunatic. Great book, The Late Shift, if you get a chance to read that. Um, all about uh, Letterman and Leno and um, a great read. Hmm. Anyway, bit off topic. Um, so, Matt, we're, we're late. SNL finally says we're just going to tape the episode with the live audience and we'll play it whenever the XFL finally ends, which Lauren hates to do. The show is live. They do it live. Don't like to tape it. Very rare they ever do that. They did it. They taped the, the show um, a little after 1130 and Matt, the game thriller, second overtime, Chicago does not score on their first attempt, which means Los Angeles gets a shot for the win. Tommy Maddox, the man, the legend, his stats for this game, really fantastic. Uh, he threw 412 yards with three touchdowns, um, 38 for 65, a really great performance, uh, scored the final touchdown, uh, to win the game 39 to 32 and Matt SNL finally goes on the air at 12 12 a.m. Wow. <laughs> technically yeah. on Sunday. Now, yeah, technically Sunday so it's Sunday morning. Yep. Live. Yep. So finally it uh yeah, it, it actually it actually happens. And then you could imagine that NBC is not too thrilled with this. Um, and even, even it's interesting that even with the power outage, the way that it, it took place, it seems like it still would have delayed SNL just, oh, sure. just on the, on the merit of it going into overtime. But the, 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 the outage just made it, it just made them look less professional and, and like, you know, less like they had any idea. They knew what they were doing and, and in the Lord- first Lauren's argument was always, well, if the game is really exciting, people will be watching into the overtime. And so if we're a little bit late, it's not the end of the world because at least people will be tuning in to watch it. But the problem is this game was constructed in a laboratory to piss off literally everybody because within the first three minutes of the game, you have a huge chunk of your audience just leaving because the game went dark. So you've pissed off your audience the game runs late, so you've pissed off NBC and Lorne Michaels, who was a big supporter, and Dick Ebersol. 
Vince McMahon is pissed because someone forgot to put gas in the generator and blew his shot. Literally, this was such an absolute disaster for nobody comes out of this looking good, despite the fact there was a really awesome football game being played. One of the best in the entire run of the XFL. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That it, it's just it's just it's just baffling that every single thing it sounds cheesy when you say it, but it's true in this case, everything that could go wrong did. Because if you didn't have all if it wasn't for the generator issue and the injury in the third quarter and the fact it was Jennifer Lopez and a new Saturday Night Live and it wasn't after a disastrous week one I, I just you, you 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 can't win you can't win if you're the XFL in week two yeah this is this is a uh, this is a bad week for uh very bad week for the XFL indeed um, and very, you know, after a great start, it really is a shame. But I mean, this is what this kind of goes to show you that they didn't have all their eggs in in a basket at this point, and uh, they weren't they just weren't ready for prime time uh, as a whole. I mean, you know, it's one of those things you have to ask yourself: is this a re- is this representative of the XFL being unprofessional, or is this just a fluke? Now I'm I'm of the I mean and this is obviously everybody has could have their own opinion on it sure. but I'm of the I'm of the opinion that this is why you have a preseason this is why this is just one of the many reasons that you have a preseason we talked we talked for a bit in our uh, in an earlier episode about the lack of a preseason and its impact on the players and the coaches well you know it has an impact on the staff as well it has an impact on the the people that that put this program together behind the scenes that, um, you know, from the, from the, uh, the technical standpoint. And I, I think that they could do with, with some rehearsing, uh, just as well as the players and the coaches, you know, I, 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 I agree with you and they needed a preseason for about 18 different reasons, but these games were being produced by NBC, a professional sports organization whose sole job it is to produce football games. It's not like this was a brand new sport they'd never seen before. They knew how to produce football games. And we talked last week, week one, in terms of technical production, was done exceptionally well. Especially because it was a new league. They're working with a lot more cameras, a lot more microphones, the X cam for the first time. They did a pretty good job. For me, this really does, and I'm not there, so, I, you know, hey, when I'm judging this over a decade later, this really is kind of a fluke. This could happen, to, we saw, like I said, with the Super Bowl a few years ago, stuff like this happens. It just mm. so happened on a critical week two of the XFL. If this happened in week eight of the XFL, we probably wouldn't be talking about it. But because it was such a marquee game, such a marquee Saturday Night Live, because of this lore and legend of the XFL, that's why we're talking about it. That and the, by the way, the third quarter injury, which ate up almost as much time as the power outage did, and a lot of people don't remember that. But it's football, and injuries happen, and you can't can't predict or project that. You know, there's weather delays. There's all kinds of things that can happen in live sports, and you got to be ready for it. But to be hit with two huge ones and go into double overtime, it's it's just it honestly, it's truly bad luck. And at that point, I kind of sit here and think, man. It was the XFL perfect? No. Would it have succeeded? I don't know. But man, that's a really tough hand to be dealt with in a crucial week two. Hmm. 
uh, it, yeah, it's it's something that I think they they uh, they'll they'll. I mean, obviously they did have they they did have it worked out. It's just such a stupid oversight, right? Oh, totally. Like, no, that's a bad one because that's not even just, like you know the power yeah. grid failed or something. It's one person didn't do their job. Oh man, that's abs- and that's all it came down to. And 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 you know what? Just in the grand scheme of things, if that's the worst technical failure that something like this happened, um, I I believe Vince when he said that he you know he only hired the best and he he only you know. He hired all professionals. It's just, this is just one instance of a one guy screwing up. I, I think the biggest problem is that it took him 27 minutes to get back on the air. And it took him two minutes to cut to the B game. That's the mistake. And you're right, Matt. That's where planning and training come in. Because NBC, we've talked about this, it, it, no one had really ever run two football games simultaneously and kind of cut between them. So NBC probably wasn't ready to, headquarters wasn't ready to do that. And they should have been. That was the point of having a backup game was to be able to do this. So the fact that they it took them 27 minutes and then two minutes to just get anything on the air, that's really the flaw, not the generator. Generator is an accident. That happens. Someone forgot their job, fine. You gotta cut to the backup game in 10 seconds, 20 seconds. You can't take two minutes. That's crazy. No way. Absolutely crazy. <laughs> but... Yeah. Now, Matt, um, uh, just a few other pieces of information here for you. Uh, that evening, Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live with Jennifer Lopez eventually aired. It, wore, it scored a 6 rating versus The Rock's reruns uh, the previous week of 7.4. Uh, that's very bad because it should have outscored The Rock um, because it was a rerun. Um, that 6 rating, while not horrendous, pretty bad by Saturday Night Live standards at that time. Uh, that year, the game two of the XFL earned a, uh, you remember last week, the first game did a 9.5 this year, a 4.6 rating for week two, a 52% drop, and even worse, a 60 to 70% drop in the coveted young men demographic. Um, there's no, they don't measure the the way, I, I don't have the exact language in front of me, but the way that they uh, do the TV ratings for the game, there's no way to know, they do the ratings at the start of the game, but there's no way to know how many people dropped off by, after, the, after the power outage. So that 52% drop is just people tuning into the beginning of the game. Mm. How many of those then turned off the game to something else? We'll never know, but it could be a lot. Yeah, that would be interesting to, to to see those numbers, I think. Yeah, I have a sneaky suspicion it's quite high because this is a league already desperate for your attention that they were barely getting. And to go two whole minutes with with nothing happening, forget about it. Forget about it. I, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it happening. Mm. Um, one other thing I will mention as well uh, is that the XFL, after this horrendous fiasco, uh, change their rules. They actually changed the rules of the game to make sure this would never happen again. Um, they didn't want to piss off. Um, they didn't want to piss off uh, uh, Lauren Michaels anymore, so they tweaked a few XFL rules. Um, here, uh, the game would start five minutes earlier. Uh, they scrapped those just awful first-person on-field player intros. You remember? Did you ever see those of the first couple, uh, the first two games, where they go to each person on the team? And they do an intro live on the field. Uh, I'm I'm Charlie Daniels, and I am a linebacker from OSU. And then, but they do it for each player. It was awful. It took forever. Cut yeah. those. Uh, the game clock would begin running from the moment an official spotted the ball, even if the previous play had gone out of bounds or fallen incomplete. 
so the play clock was uh, moving faster. And Ebersol promised to shave five minutes off the halftime break. Um, all in all, that's about a 20-minute cushion uh, that they added to the game to ensure that it never goes over again. And it never did, by the way, for the rest of the season. Right. It never... Uh... It, it never it never seemed to recover after that. And this is why this is really the turning point for the XFL. And some of the headlines following week two Los Angeles Times, XFL, a problem child, uh, the New York Post. It's getting late early for a fast-fading XFL, and Hollywood reporter NBC takes a sack. Hmm. Very not yeah. good. Um. Yeah, I guess this is this is like getting sacked and then breaking your hip, but then being forced to play the rest of your games. It, it's it's bad. Mm. It's bad. There's really not much more you can say about that. They they took a really interesting football game and did everything in their power to to ruin it, accidental or intentional. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, Matt. Week two is over. In the XFL. Week one, bad football, weird broadcast. Week two, great football, giant delays, uh, and the SNL controversy. What is the rest of the season? If you're if you're the XFL in week two, what does the rest of the season look like for you? Your ratings are down 52% off of week one. Um, things don't look great. Things things look really bad. You, you know, you want to you want to make a shake up. You want to change. You want to change some things around? Now, what do you think needs changing at this point? What do you change? Well, I would say you would want to... You, I mean, you definitely want to address the technical problems. You want to, What you want to do is you want to make a promise that uh, your games will start earlier so that they don't run as late. They don't run into the highly coveted SNL time slot anymore. Um, you... Might you might um, I mean, look, it's your league. You could just change things on the fly, and I think people would would be people would be forgiving since it's your first season and you're still trying things out. You could change per, damn near per, pretty much anything you want, and they I did. And that's what's mm -hmm. incredible. Later in the season, we do see rule change. We see the fair catch rule kind of tweaked um, a bit. We see the uh, what was the other big rule? Uh, the the scramble gets eliminated. I mean, we do see some rules change mm -hmm. as the season goes on. But Matt, uh, the XFL doesn't do any of that. Well, they do. They tweak the timing rules, as we talked about. But they don't make the football any better. They don't make the broadcast any better, Matt. This is a tease for our next episode. But they focus on what was really lacking in the XFL. Marketing stunts. Sexy cheerleaders. Of course. Big, big, big stunts, big events, turning the players into actors, turning it more into wrestling than into football. As we continue into the following weeks of the league, it's a 10-week season before the playoffs. So we've got a lot of football left to play, even if the audience isn't quite with the league. Yeah, you, uh, <laughs> of course, the first place that they go is we got to, you know, we got to make things a whole lot sexier. And this That's is rough. a this is a great tease for the next installment, Chapter 5. We only have two left, Matt, if you can believe it. Um, yeah. Next week, we're going to cover the remainder of the season 
and the championship game, the million dollar game, as they call it. Uh, we'll be talking uh, uh, Vince McMahon's big interview with Bob Costas that goes off the rails, which I'm a big fan of. We'll talk about some of these rule changes. We'll talk about the infamous week six cheerleader dressing room stunt, uh, which didn't do the league any favors. And then we'll talk about the end of the season, the playoffs, the million dollar game, which I think about five people watched. Um, and then in at episode six, the one after that, Matt and I will give our thoughts on the XFL, what went right, what went wrong, and what does the future hold for alternative football in America, Matt? And I can't believe we're more than halfway through it now. What a fun time this has been. Yeah. It's been pretty enjoyable. But uh, but we'll see. I mean, where does the XFL go from here? It's 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 uh, it's not at rock bottom quite yet. But we'll say this: it's definitely taking a hit, and it is it is sinking fast. And I there is one thing, and I will give Vince McMahon credit not to bleed too much into next week's topic. But I would say, from everything I've read and everything I've seen about the XFL, it is at this point that Dick Ebersol gives up on the XFL. He's done. He's over it. It's a failure. I don't want to be associated with it. Uh, it's a shame it has to be on my network for the rest of the season. He is done with it. He realizes the disaster. He's over it. Vince McMahon doesn't give up on the XFL. And I give him a lot of credit for that because he could have. Everyone hmm. called it a failure. He could have packed it in, saved himself some money, and said we're folding the league. But he gives it goddamn everything he's got. Yeah. He doesn't hold back. He gives it every idea he has, every dollar he has. He's not going to give up on this league even though the league is giving up on him. And I do give him credit for that. He is a fighter and, and he, he gives this league everything he has. Um, and that's, that counts for something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can't fault him for his tenacity. No, that's for sure. No, for sure. Hmm. Matt, any last thoughts on uh, week two of the XFL? Um, I don't know. I mean, Week two is that that's, this is the this is the pivotal turning point that uh, when you look at it critically, I mean no this is this is a, it's a really bad turning point for the for the league. I think I think they handled it kind of the best way they could, but um, you know unless things change, things you know. The, the network's not happy. The viewers are tuning out. I mean, it really was a it was a it was a double edged sword here with uh, between the viewers turning out because of the blackout and the network affecting uh, affecting your your game. But I mean, we'll see. We'll see where the where where will the XFL go from here? Well, man, I, I will ask you this question to kind of wrap us up here, um, and not to get too much into kind of our final thoughts on the league. But what is your sort of using your Nostradamus powers here? Let's assume week one was the same, but in an alternate reality, the week two game didn't have the power outage, didn't have the third quarter injury, still had the double overtime game, but ended roughly, even if it delayed SNL a little bit, but ended pretty close enough where the SNL wasn't really a controversy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that changes the outcome of the XFL? Um, No. I don't think it does. I think it's 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 it was on a, it was on a flight path. It was on a trajectory from this point on, and I don't think that it uh, I don't think that it was ever going to 
stray from it pretty much. How about you? What do you you think? You know, it's a really interesting question. I think think it would have given it a significantly better shot. I think your your chance of success after what did happen in week two is maybe like a 30% chance of the league succeeding. I think without the issues, you might have been closer to 60 or 70%. Do I think it would have succeeded in the end? I'm going to probably be with you and say no. Um, I still think there were, there were just too many issues regardless of what happened in week two to overcome. But I certainly think it wouldn't have been as aggressive of an implosion, um, as big of a failure, Um, And I do think it would have helped them out a lot because, again, we talked after week one. The two biggest complaints after week one were it's tawdry and gross and the football sucks. At least they would have solved one of those problems. The the thing is, I don't think even if week two went great, they wouldn't have solved the other problem. You know, it's not it's not wrestling enough for the wrestling fans and not football enough for the football fans. That was always going to be an issue. So I think that was going to do them in either way. But at least they could have fought back on the argument that the football is bad. And said something, look, you don't have to love the announcers. You don't have to love the cheerleaders in the hot tub. But at least you can watch some good football. And I think that would have really, I think that really would have made a huge difference. Um, at, at least in, in uh, uh, changing the slope of kind of the implosion rather than the eventual outcome. But uh, we'll never know. We'll never mm. know. Just think there's an alternate reality somewhere where the XFL is a success and still running today. That would be yeah. sad. <laughs> That would be interesting. We'll see. Um, I mean, we'll see how many. I, I'm really interested to see how many problems the uh, will be addressed. You know, when the XFL resumes in 2020, we'll see uh, what they've done to fix their their mistakes, how they learn from their mistakes. Really. Well, they haven't announced much detail, but you got to remember, wrestling is having a big renaissance right now. I mean, wrestling is is I would argue not quite as ubiquitously big, but among hardcore fans, probably as big now as it was back in the 90s and early 2000s when we're when we're talking about the XFL. Um, and the question is, does that excitement around wrestling, can they, because modern wrestling is different from what wrestling used to be, can the XFL modify itself in the same way? It'll be really interesting to see. Um, but the XFL has been extremely vague um, about, the. I think the only things they've announced is that they're going to play the game of football and you cannot protest during the anthem. I think those are literally the only rules they've announced. So we will have to wait and see on that. But, man, we got two more hours to talk about the XFL after this. We're going to wrap this one up here. As I mentioned up at the top, if you haven't listened to the first three parts, go do so now. You're doing yourself a disservice. It's all available on our website, upfordebate.tv. Go there, get uh, all the XFL episodes as well as all our past episodes. They're great. They're a hoot. Uh, check them out there. You can also get us wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, as I mentioned, Overcast, we are now on Spotify, which is very exciting. You can get us where you get your music. We're there on anywhere. You get podcast video version on YouTube as well. And of course, get a hold of us. We want to hear your thoughts on the XFL or Matt and I morons. And you're like a huge XFL fan. And you're like, no, the <laughs> XFL was great. It should have been a success. You're idiots. Let us know. Tweet at us at up for debate TV or email us up for debate TV at gmail.com. We want to hear from you. Um, I'll also do a mini tease here. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, uh, the week it comes out, go check out this week's uh, Don't Panic. And the reason I say that is because if you're a fan of this show, you're really going to like this week. Dan was out. It was just Colby and I. We spent the first 20 minutes, I, I swear, it, I felt like I was in an Up for Debate episode. We talked about Thanksgiving in, a, in an Up for Debate style where we're like, what's the best side? Well, where do you rank it among the non-denominational holidays? Colby and I had a great, great up for debate style discussion. Great time to check out that show. It's episode 225 available now at don'tpanic.io. 
And then we spend the rest of the episode talking about tech news, which may be your thing as well. You might like that too. Um, Matt, we're going to be back next week uh, covering a whole host of remaining XFL action and announcing the million-dollar champion and seeing if uh, Bob Costas survives his uh, <laughs> his his uh, sort of interview with Vince McMahon. Maybe we'll call it. That might be generous. Uh, but until then, we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks, folks, for joining us. We appreciate it. Matt. I'm Sean. We'll see you next time for more XFL action on Up for Debate. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Matt Mariani and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.